Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. vaccinated when it's your turn and when you can find an opportunity and to help your family your friends your neighbors get vaccinated as well because here's the point if we do all this if we do our part if we do this together by july the 4th there's a good chance you your families and friends will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood The last time the economy grew at this rate was in 1984, and Ronald Reagan was telling us it's morning in America. Well, it's getting close to afternoon here. The sun is coming out. At the time, the CBO revised their long-run deficit projections down as a share of GDP. They just just have done. There's limestone or not, whether or not. But a uh, a lot of the families who survived talked about how upset they were that um, in the last years that they've been here, how uh, there was one condominium complex built across the street and a road was purchased. And while they were living there, they would hear the drilling and they feel their building moving and shaking. Uh, there are all kinds of discussions about whether or not um, they, uh, they thought that water level rising, what impact it had. Uh, and interesting to me, for people, there's a reason why it's been harder to get African-Americans initially to get vaccinated. Because they used to be an experiment on the Tuskegee Airmen and others. So I'm not going to answer any more questions on Afghanistan. Look, the 4th of July. I'm concerned that you guys are asking me questions that I'll answer next week. But on this is a holiday weekend. I'm going to celebrate it. There's great things happening. And can you explain why the president was citing the July 4th weekend when he was being asked questions about Afghanistan as to why he did not want to answer further questions on that matter? I think what he was trying to convey to all of you is that he is heading into July 4th weekend, a weekend for family, a weekend to celebrate America, and um, that he was uh, ready to be done answering questions. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't related to Afghanistan. Yes, all is well on the international stage. Um, Joe Biden got lost in the wrong cafe. How are your meetings going here in Cornwall? Very well. Come on. They all are laughing at him. Unbelievable. Uh, In the world of tax prosecution, looking at just federal statistics of the many, many thousands of federal cases brought, a tiny fraction of those are tax fraud cases. And then within that, I'm not entirely sure there were any 
taxable fringe benefit cases brought in federal court last year. Still looking. The data just came out very recently. Uh, but I don't know that there were any. Just to give you an idea, this is not something taxable fringe benefits that becomes a criminal tax fraud case very often. All right. Thank you very much. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's July 4th, 2021. This is the big lie. Which starts us off on our show. We're going to cover some July 4th stuff today. Some more 1-6 committee. The usual litany of hypocrisy. Utter evilness on the left. Won't be a very patriotic one. I don't find it to be a patriotic one. I I want to start with this before I go any further. You know, I've watched a Capital Fourth every year of my adult life. It's on PBS. Joe Montaigne and a couple other guys, they usually do really interesting and heartwarming stories about heroism. Be it from spouses, World War II, Vietnam. The military songs are played. I always get teary-eyed. Because this was my favorite holiday. It's always been my favorite holiday. Christmas, I'm excited to see what I give other people. Thanksgiving, let's be honest, it's just a freaking turkey. Halloween, I enjoy because my wife is a horror buff. So it's really cool to get dec- you know decorate the house and dress up for her. It's my way of saying, hey, I love you. But the 4th of July, as a veteran, man, it's just a special day. Until recently, every time I heard the Pledge of Allegiance, if I heard the National Anthem, if I saw the flag in a certain way, it gave me the feels. But I didn't watch the Capitol 4th last night. Because we're singing two National Anthems. I put a tweet on Molly Hemingway, and, you know, I, I'm i a pretty fucked up person. Most of you could see, if, if you, you listen to my voice over these years, physically, I'm not very healthy. Part of it's lack of activity and diet and things I try to work on, but... I'm pretty fucked up like most vets. We all are got a lot of ailments. We're on too many pills, be it pain meds or whatever. We, we all got fucked up from 20 years. We chose to do it. This isn't a give me respect millennial moment. But we served a country, a country we loved, a country we die for. When we served, we served with black people, gay people, women, Three dicked Martians. And one flag. And one anthem. I didn't fight for two national anthems. I didn't serve 20 years and defend the Constitution. So that we could say the Constitution's garbage. A racist document that needs to be banned. Those are not things I fought for. That's not why I'm physically trash for life. 
And if you took a poll survey of any veteran, they'd be like, yeah, no, even black ones. No. But that's where we are. The media has decided we're garbage. The whole country's garbage. So having a hard time with this. We will talk about the big lie of Trump because he talks about the election. But we did that for four years. We'll talk about 1-6 today. We won't talk about the riots and the people that were beaten and that were released, all of them. All of them. We will see by the end of this show, the U.S. Postal Service, the FBI, the NSA, Facebook, Twitter. They're worried about extremism. Two national anthems are extremism. A summer of tearing and burning down cities, beating and looting, and nobody gets charged. They all get released because they are from the right political persuasion. That's extremism. So on this July 4th, I don't start with the national anthem. I don't start with flags or some kind of... I I can't. This isn't what we serve for. This isn't what generations of usually the same family sacrificed, died bled for this isn't it so if you tuned in thinking the usual fourth of july a little patriotism today's not it and i apologize i can't i can't because this big lie that intro i just played It overrides everything because that's where we're at as a country. Donald Trump's a piece of shit. The rioters who trespassed are pieces of shit. But if you can't see the big lie is this guy who shouldn't be president, that he stayed in the basement because he's not cognitive And that he's not running the country other people are. I mean, I've been saying forever on here it's Barack Obama. Now everybody else is starting to say it in conservative media. We're broken. As a nation, we're broken. And we're broken because this kind of lie can be okay. And this kind of lie is every fucking day. and movement for Black Lives activists to decrease police budgets. Well, let me first say that as a Fox News report uh, that came about in February quoted, 
uh, quote, current and former police chiefs in more than 53 cities across the country, as well as the National Fraternal Order of Police, are issuing their support of the nomination of Vanita Gupta, President Biden's nominee for Associate Attorney General, praising her leadership and record and urging the Senate Judiciary Committee to quickly confirm her to the post. I don't know that that was your report or not, but it was certainly one from your network. But she said, okay, so that's the Fox report. Thank yeah. you. Uh, and Senate testimony, she said she wanted to decrease police budgets. So she also she... made explicitly clear in her confirmation process that she opposes defunding the police. Uh, and the president ran on, most importantly, did not run on defunding the police. He's always opposed defunding the police. I'll also note, because you've asked this question before or a few times over the last several days, that when we talk about uh, individuals uh, in Congress and their support for funding or uh, opposition to funding for the police, I think what the American people are most focused on is how people vote, what their record is, which is a public record. And I will note that while the president ran on and won the most votes of any candidate in history in a platform of boosting funding for law enforcement after Republicans spent decades trying to cut the COPS program, which again is public record, we don't need to uh, under, under, uh, undervalue the, the intelligence of the American people, uh, the president ran on increasing that funding. It's in his budget. It in President Trump's budget, he significantly cut that. So that's a change. And the American Rescue Plan had a great deal of funding for local and state authorities, something that can support funding for local police in communities across the country, something many have used. It doesn't require me telling you names of individuals who opposed the American Rescue Plan. Every Republican opposed the American Rescue Plan, and I don't have time to read out all their names today. Afghanistan. I'm not going to answer any more question on Afghanistan. Look, the, it's 4th of July. I'm concerned that you guys are asking me questions that I'll answer next week. Happy 4th of July, America. Your president is an insane, escaped applesauce brain nursing home patient who doesn't know where he is or who he is or what he's doing. That was evident today when Joe Biden snapped on a reporter trying to ask about Afghanistan. Very important. Why wouldn't you as commander in chief want to answer questions about the troops bringing them home? having troops home from Afghanistan. That's important. We've been in Afghanistan for 20 years. Why wouldn't you want to answer that? Joe Biden didn't. He lost it. On a and can you explain why the president was citing the July 4th weekend when he was being asked questions about Afghanistan as to why he did not want to answer further questions on that matter? I think what he was trying to convey to all of you is that he is heading into July 4th weekend, a weekend for family, a weekend to celebrate America, and um, that he was uh, ready to be done answering questions. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't related to Afghanistan. The land on which they formed this union was stolen. The hands with which they built this nation were enslaved. The women who birthed the citizens of the nation are second class. But all of this is our story. Each of us benefits from the residuals of oppression and each of us is harmed by the realities of inequality. This is the imperfect fabric of our nation. At times we've torn and stained it, and at other moments we mend and repair it. But it's ours, all of it. The imperialism, the genocide, the slavery, also the liberation and the hope and the deeply American belief that our best days... Uh, how do you see it playing out? Well, I do think we will learn a lot. But the key thing that everyone should keep in mind is that for Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who is a deeply faithful person, devout Catholic, her love of the Constitution it ranks up there as number two. And There's those lies again. If you hate the country, you're patriotic. If you like the country, you're a fucking Nazi. And that 
whole thing with him in Afghanistan, I got to say, it's really huge. We're just pulling out and the Taliban are taking over territories left and right. The media isn't even covering it. You pushed for this forever. Secondly, could Trump do that? Could the press secretary just whatever the fuck that is? What is that? He's the commander in chief. I mean, you got normal people who you wouldn't consider mega starting to lose it on the media. Here's CNN. Because CNN is about controlling Negroes. That's what it's saying. Controlling Negroes. That's what CNN is about. They don't want people of color to have conservative thoughts. He's here to keep me running and keep me from being the governor of the state. Why? Because liberals... They do, want, they do not want blacks thinking for themselves. They're here for Stacey Abrams. You know and I know that the drop-off boxes were not in the state statute. You know and I know that the ENET signature verification was not in the statute, right? We both know that. Now, I want you to look in that camera. Are you going to investigate that? Sir, there are many people in our organization. I want you to look in this camera right here. Are, are you going to investigate that? All right, don't get Thank you, guys. See, this is the fake news from seeing All they want to do is control the, their liberal narrative. And that's it. That's a prime example of it. So, you all have never had me on your show before. Because you know Joe Biden is a bigot, and you don't want me on there calling Joe Biden a bigot. Joe Biden said that black people, <laughs> Joe Biden said that black people are disproportionately affected by COVID because they don't know how to go on the internet. Joe Biden just said that. Lies are facts now. That That's where we're at. You can say it isn't there. But there's a black man saying, what the fuck? And this shit right here, you know, I cannot not start the show. This is horse shit. This is just horse shit. 16 cents. What were you buying generic to armor? Because... I bought groceries, and I got to admit, it wasn't cheaper. Gas isn't cheaper. My mortgage isn't cheaper. My electricity went up $25 year on year. But they can get away with this. They're, they're allowed to get away with it. There's my tweet. My fucking mortgage went up 50 bucks this year during a pandemic. Now, I know there's a lot of factors, but there's nobody who thinks the economy is good other than brain-dead liberals who think Biden is a savant. Saponic. Apparently, no one in the White House has been at a gas station. That's the problem. Our media, our, all politicians, they're in a bubble. They don't know the real world. Ed Oswald. What is fresh hell is this? Housing costs are up by double digits. Used cars are literally appreciating on dealers' lots. And you're talking about barbecue? The Trumpiness of this tweet is just gross. And there it is. That's my problem with it. I've said it from day one, but I'm the only one that will say it because liberals and never-Trumpers just can't even, they can't deal with facts. 
every press secretary lies. That's what they're paid to do. They get up there and lie, but for some reason under Trump, we had a problem with it. We were disgusted. Charles Payne. Now, do comparison to 2019. Golly, there was no 4th of July. Maybe maybe that's that makes sense. Also, switching corn chips, potato chips, and potato salad from Dell potato salad, and the mismatches seem underhanded. Just to miss costs are skyrocketing in every aspect of life. They are. They'll never admit it. That They won't be made to admit it. There's even memes. People are memeing this shit. And then you got Nancy Pelosi, cat turd. I have no doubt Democrat governors want to keep their states shut down in hopes of Biden winning November. Then they'll fully open with their states and say, look at these jobs coming in now. So obvious it's painful. That was in September 2020. Nancy Pelosi, hold my beer. This is just further evidence of the job market and the broader economic are rebounding rapidly from the coronavirus recession. Our country's coming back because Democrats took bold actions. Republicans, on the other hand, voted against this. It's maddening when the party that did all the damage takes credit for the recovery that came about when they stopped doing the damage. Democrats, we're locking you in your house. Democrats, we're letting you out. You're the one that forced us inside and put us out of work, Nancy. Don't think we're just going to forget that. They can do it. She's a woman. She, the Constitution, the Constitution is number two. She just loves the Constitution. Ronald Klein, this would have been, you know, Trump's chief of staff did something like this. Woo, Nelly. We'd have some problems. We would shit the bed, Fred. Trump's first year job record, 1.8. Biden's 3 million jobs. They can get away with it. Yeah. They can get away with it. No pushback. Nobody cares. Facts don't mean anything. And once again, once again, that's what... They do. They all lie. But now all of a sudden, lying is bad because Trump. Hmm. Okay. I hope I got this. I did not get this. Shame on me for not getting this. I fucking suck. So. While we live in the stupidest times ever, a WAPO lady, grilling is very important because it gives men something to stand around, look at, and talk about in social situations where they'd otherwise have to ask people questions about themselves and then listen to the answers of those questions. We got to shit on everything. It's what we do. And then let's talk about the lies. Buying claim he's an all-star game, a congressional baseball game, where he went 0 for 2. Well, I had it out of order. That really sucks. I fucked this all up, didn't I? Yeah, just a little bit. 
Biden claimed that the Tuskegee Airmen were experimented on by the U.S. government. Border lead Kamala Harris claims it was always a plan to visit the border. Biden says high gun violence in cities was tough. Gun laws is false. That's just a few, but we we don't we don't cover that shit. We don't ever cover it. He's right. They're so out of touch, and they're allowed to be out of touch. That was one of the knocks on Trump, right? The Trump claim was that he didn't know real people. He didn't understand what it was like to be poor, be black, be gay, be trans, be B. That's what we said for four years. Now these motherfucking yokels come into office. Yep, don't hear that shit. But I do want to cover something, and it's about it's about patriotism or what have you. This was refreshing. Gwen, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's a busy time for you and a um, bit of a controversy, so I know you have a lot going on. So thank you. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, and thank you for allowing me to be able to speak for the black communities that I am trying to speak for and stand for. Okay, well, let's get into it then, Gwen. Give it to us straight. Why did you turn away from the flag during the anthem at the Olympic trials? Let's be clear. Um, I do respect the Constitution because obviously I was exercising my constitutional right. Right now, I'm just putting all of my time and energy into dealing with what I need to do with to heal myself. So if I'm allowed to receive that blessing then I'm grateful for it. But if not right now, I'm going to just focus on myself. You know, um, what would your message be to those who are considering that right now, who are thinking about that, and to your fans, you know, who have fallen in love with you and were so proud of your performance and maybe crushed just as you are in that moment? What would you want to say to them? I would like to say to my fans and my family, my sponsorship um, to the haters too. I, I apologize as much as I'm disappointed. I know that when I submit a track, I don't represent myself. I represent a community that has shown me great support, great love. Now I did the duality there. You got a person who's lying at her asshole that she was set up and you have a person who got caught for pot and said, I fucked up. It's on me. That was refreshing. Not because she's black and I'm a racist. Because this generation has been trained since Obama. No responsibility. It's not your fault. It's a man's fault. They listened to that while the man was talking to him, which was Obama. But the best part about it, and, and I, this is all over conservative you know, media. It, it is so true. But trannies. Trannies are okay. We're saying you can't smoke a fucking doobie, but you can jack your shit up. You can jack it up. Be a man. Have cock and balls. So this was a huge thing. The media, once again, wanted to go with, uh, yeah, It's race, it's gender, it's something, but 
they didn't. They pulled off at the last minute and just went with, hey, you know, she fucked up. Yeah. This is this is the other one. Where did I find this? This 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 one of course became racial and shit because uh deletes tweet blaming white folks for Olympic swimming cap rule. So this one this is utter bullshit. The body said the caps did not fit natural form of the head, and to their best knowledge, the athletes competing at the international events never used neither required caps of such size configuration. When I was a kid, I wanted to, desperately to be a competitive sweater. I never got to do that. One of the main reasons my mom objected was not knowing about having options to protect my hair. Crazy how in 2021, white folks are still trying to think of ways to make it harder for black people to swim in their pools. FINA, International Swimmer Federation, set the rules for this as well. The president is a Muslim named Hussein Al-Humasi, but it's white folk. I'm already over the Olympic exhausting. The new Washington Post hire, white people are to blame for this. FINA and IOC oversee these rules run by a Kuwaiti-born Muslim. So they blew their wad on this one. 30-second Google search. That's our media. That's our media. Not, hey, those are the rules. No, in the world we live in now, the rules are fungible. It's based on your grievance class. Or, God help you, if you love this country, you're a piece of fucking shit. Then we get this bullshit from YouGov. What does it mean to be patriotic in 2021? Coming up on Celebration Independence Day, most Americans describe themselves as patriotic. In the latest Economist YouGov poll, nearly 8 in 10 Americans say they consider themselves patriotic, with more than a third of Americans saying they're very patriotic. Each year, Republicans are more likely than Democrats to describe themselves that way. This year, 60% of Republicans say they're very patriotic, compared to 24% of Democrats. What does it say? You're in a country where it's legal for you to burn the symbol of the country. And as we've learned, it's legal for you to burn buildings, beat people, murder people, all in the name of social justice, equity, climate change, racism. I don't know. We had a lot of reasons this summer. Why do Democrats... That The question should be, why do Democrats... Hate the country. That's the question. Two-thirds of Americans believe you can be considered patriotic while participating in peaceful protests. Patriotism of certain actions refuses to pay taxes. Really think about that. I truly believe most of the problem we have in the world, all right, come down to ignorance. Come down to literally just living in 
this world. And now that we, you know, we're so concerned about misinformation, so concerned about extremism, as we'll see in our social media section today, you think the media would start getting, maybe we need to inform people better. Maybe we need to put out facts and not partisan hackery. But they just won't. They're too busy doing this. Buying ice cream. That's really important. And then you go to just that, what I just talked about. Last night was a Smithville Jamboree. I talked about it on the show, played trailer for it. It's one of the greatest, you know, small town American events I've ever seen since I was a little kid. When I was a little kid, we'd go to Hillsboro, Oregon. They had a big parade on the 4th, and I remember going a couple times, fireworks. It was just really cool. Those things of the past. Not because they were white, not because America was better. I'm just saying they were nostalgic, nice little events. So the governor goes to the event because it's the 50th anniversary of this event. This is what Democrats did to his thing. All he said was, what a great celebration. Thank you for letting me be part of it. You're a hack. Partisan partisan politics, you are heartless, you're killing Americans, and then you wonder why. Well, here's everything from our, our media betters. New York Times, when I searched July 4th, we still need to keep everybody locked down. How we celebrate the 4th of July. The tradition of celebrating Independence Day in America holds roots the days following the Continental Congress, blah, blah, blah. For many people, this this year's celebration will echo the tunes of decades past, gathering music of friends and food and firework, all in the honor of American freedom and pride. For many others, however, the day doesn't hold the same meaning. Frederick Douglass, what to the American slave is your 4th of July? Last month, Congress passed Juneteenth. How and whether to celebrate the 4th is deeply personal for Americans. We ask readers to share the unique ways they chose to celebrate or ignore the holiday. For Abraham Singh, 15, July 4th is Shrewberry Mass, means combining his family heritage with the American holiday. We cook Indian sweets and light candles and thanks the fact that we can live in a country that accepts our cultures and traditions. I'm surprised they, they fucking we put that. A double birthday celebration. A nod to Juneteenth. Away from the bomb bursting in the air. He goes out kayaking for the past five years, six years. We've gone camping far away in the cities and towns to get the dogs away from the noise. A little history and geography, a little golf course. And then it's all Juneteenth. More COVID. Independence, debt to black America. When African Americans allied themselves with the British, the Patriots were enraged and they acted it and they brought up more evil American. Happy July 4th. Do you know what happened days before on the end of the days of the famous day and blah, blah, blah? America's racist. Is Biden declaring independence of the virus too soon? These are all New York Times. Five things to do this weekend. Can't read the article. I don't have an account. 
But of course, they ran this. Today, flying the American flag from the back of a pickup truck or over a lawn is increasingly seen as a clue, albeit an imperfect one, to a person's political affiliation in the deeply divided nation. And I wish I could read this. A 4th of July symbol of unity. Okay, let me, let me, um, I'm going to sign in. I can't, I can read this one. The American flag flies in paint on the side of Peter Trevor's Jr.'s potato truck, a local landmark parked permanently on the County Road 48, doing little more, he thought, than drawing attention to his family farm until he, until he tried to sell his produce. At a local green market where he sells things like wild bergamot, honey, and sunflowers, he had trouble striking a deal until he said he let his liberal leanings slip out in a conversation with the customer. He said, oh, woo, you know, I wasn't sure about you. I thought you were some flag-wagging something or other. That's why she was apprehensive with interacting with me. He paused. It was a little sad to me. It shows the dichotomy of the country that a flag can mean that. That I had to think, do I need to reconsider having ours out there? Thirteen stripes of dust and stars, American flag, and an infinite meaning over the 244 years as the country began flying one. Raised on Iwo Jima was a symbol of victory. Lit on fire, it became a searing image of protest against the Vietnam War. The one they like the most, burning it. Ribbon around the Twin Towers and commemorative September 11th appeal. It's a reminder of threats against a delicate democracy. Politicians of both parties have long sought to wrap themselves in the flag. But something may be changing. Today, flying the flag from the back of a pickup truck or over a lawn is increasingly seen as a clue, albeit an imperfect one, to a person's political affiliation. Supporters of Donald J. Trump have embraced the flag so fervently at his rallies across the conservative media and even during the January 6th assault in the Capitol that many liberals like Mr. Tribber worry about left has all but ceded from national emblem to the right. What was once a unifying symbol, there's a star on it for each state, after all, is now alienating to some. It stripes now fault lines between people who kneel while the Star-Spangled Banner plays and those for whom not pledging allegiance is an affront. And it has made the celebration of Fourth of July patriotic bunting and cakes and blueberry and strawberry arranged in old glory into another cleft in a country that seems no longer quite so indivisible. Mr. Trevor's farm, blah, blah, blah. South Run is predominantly white with small, long-standing black populations. The pressure to draw partisan lines is fierce. I'm just going through it. Just across the street from Trevor's farm, David Sergozinski, 66, was weeding around the flagpole in the front yard a few days before the 4th of July. Bouquets of miniature American flags flapping around the marigolds and feet. Above him flew the flag of the Marines, the Coast Guard. He had children in each service and at the top, an American flag. A Republican, Suzanski, said friends consistently pressured him to add Trump's banner to his flag garden to fly Make America Great Again. He declined. They said, Dave, you got to put up Trump's flag. And I said, no, that's not happening. Ms. Kuczynski recalls, that's not the way I was brought up. The American flag political? No. About 70% of Americans say the flag makes them feel proud. According to a recent survey by YouGov, a global public opinion and data research, the sentiment was shared by about 80% of white Americans, just under 70% of Hispanic Americans, and less than 60 from black, because they're betters 
the people they listen to spend all day talking about the third verse of the national anthem. You know, the one none of us know about, just like Juneteenth. The divisions were deeper when it was came to politics. While 66% of Republican surveys said they associate the flag with their own party, only 30% of Democrats do. Politicizing the American flag is thus perverse of its original intent around a professional violence. He puts in his sentiment comes to conservatives. Marlene Rodriguez, 33, says she believed that Mr. Trump's most fervent supporters had done the same. Ms. Rodriguez, who was visiting Greenport and her fiancé during the 4th of July weekend, said that she once regularly flew the flag at her home in Freeport, about 80 miles west of Long Island, taking it down only in winter for safekeeping. But about three years ago, when spring came, Ms. Rodriguez, who's black and a Democrat, left the flag in storage. I felt like it didn't belong to me anymore. Also said he felt the flag had lost its meaning of unity. Instead of saluting the same flag as one people, he said too many Americans were modifying it to become the emblem of their own identities or belief systems, for instance, with rainbow stripes, a symbol of gay pride, or blue stripes to show solidarity with police. He flies the flag, the red, white, and blue one, from a towering crane several stories above a gravel pile at Latham Sand and Gravel. There's a lot of history of this country, some that maybe people don't like today and some that people are being judged for today for what they did 300 years ago. It's still our country. Very good, bad thing makes it our country. And that's what that flag represents. The culture war he was alluding to was on full display a few miles away, hanging from the eaves of an empty roadside stand, Save America was printed along the flag's top border and below, Fight Socialism. And on notice, tacked nearby, if this offends you, leave. This goes to Trump, Trump, Trump. Uh, Ending. Each flag represented not an ideological belief, according to the club, but a veteran or other citizens who were inspired to help the community. I've always loved the American flag so much, and now seeing it by the carousel, I felt happy again, Rodriguez said, as well as her red, white, and blue cloth still waved. And I haven't felt the way about the flag in such a long time. Because Biden's president. Because of an editing error, an earlier version of this article referred incorrectly to an organization that installed a flag display. It was the Greenport Rotary Club, not the Greenpoint Rotary Club. What does that say? It's a reoccurring theme. It's a reoccurring theme that I can't stop talking about. Why do Democrats hate America? The Democrats I served with didn't. They were as patriotic as everybody else. As we drive once again to stamp out misinformation, where do they get this misinformation? Why do they think this country sucks? If they left it and went to foreign countries that they covet so much, they would find out most of the things they say, even burning the flag and disrespecting the president and all the crazy shit they do, would land them in jail that our poorest Americans live better than half the world. In their zeal to win elections... The media and the Democrats have made the very symbol of this day racist. And what does that say about them? 
We have shouted from the ramparts over and over about fascism for four years. But I agree with it. I agree with that sentiment of that individual said stop fascism. The article demeans that person. But yet that dissent was what they did for four years. Ten times in that article they put Trump in the article. Did anybody ever think that maybe the people went there like the flag? Did anybody in that article ever fact check the fact that every Republican presidential candidate, when he has an event, there's a lot of American flags, and the Democrats never have American flags, get criticized, and then rush out flags. That's every convention of my adult life. The flag is all of our symbols. But when you sing the black national anthem and covet the black flag of America, it's going to be hard for your voters to see the American flag right ever again. I mean, remember, Betsy Ross flag was racist. Nike ate millions of dollars, and then Biden rolled it out for his inauguration because of tradition. And I think the key line in there is they're starting to fly their flag because Biden's president. What does that say about them? We're going to go into 1-6 now. They're so concerned about that extremism. The 400 people they've already arrested, most of them geriatrics who trespassed. But that extremism on the left is destroying the country. Congresswoman Liz Cheney uh, of the Armed Services Committee has patriotically agreed to serve on the committee. Uh, House Minority Leader McCarthy. Uh, I'm not responding to him. We're making our presentation here. Up, uh, which I found to be like incredibly genuine um, and meaningful for me. It was a big deal for me to uh, to be able to bring those officers up on the hill and have lawmakers express their appreciation to them uh, and show them how supported they are. Uh, but my interaction with, with her was very unique. Um, I think when, uh, when I asked to shake her hand and, and she shook my hand, I told the press there that uh, you know if they publish this photo, they need to put the headline up that hell has frozen over, <laughs> um, which, which was obviously just uh, poking fun at the fact that you know she's gotten a reputation, I think, of being uh, anti-law enforcement, uh, which, you know, from some of the conversation I had with her, uh, I found to be untrue. Um, and, and that's been true really across the board. Uh, I think a lot of people who, you know, a lot of our lawmakers who are covered by uh, certain media outlets uh, are given uh, a reputation or, or a moniker that they're, you know, anti-American or anti-law enforcement. Um and uh, again, like I, I found that, you know, with my personal interactions, not to be the case. 
Yeah. Right here, give us a sense of your expectations for potential Republican support for this bill and the implications if, in fact, as expected, there is little to none. Yeah, I think that's a safe assumption, uh, given the fact that the vast majority of my colleagues uh, voted uh, to try to overthrow a lawful election. Uh, they voted against the defense supplemental that would keep us safe. Republicans are responsible for the events of January 6th. That's it. It's not Democrats. And that's why Kevin McCarthy and Republicans and Donald Trump are scared. We know Donald Trump's in and inviting the crowd to Washington on January 6th and giving the charge to the Capitol. By weekend. We're going to start a new family tradition in my family on the 4th of July. And every 4th of July going forward, we're going to watch that video that the New York Times put together of, Jan of January 6th. I don't even need to cover it. That pretty much Ilian Omar is pro-police. Republicans voted against a lawful election. People on this committee three times tried to stop Republicans from getting in. Police officers were beaten and killed all summer by Dem voters. And that comment by Claire McCaskill, that is everything. That, that just shows you everything that is wrong in our country. In a nutshell, it is everything wrong in this country right there, summed up point blank. This is why we'll never be unified. This is why Democrats hate the country. I mean, these never Trumpers, you all talked about how horrible Trump was and the violence. Democrats supported and financed violence. They did more damage to this country than 1-6 ever did. 1-6 didn't stop anything. A bunch of people trespassed. They were arrested. 400 of them. The FBI did shock and awe. We played it on the show. This is political. And Mark Hemingway pretty much sums it up right here. This guy's on it. How many times did he lie? He's on it. He called to stop every Republican Raskin. It's a fucking joke. Liz Cheney. And I'm sure never Trumpers love it because they love Liz Cheney. They think she's the bomb.com. This is politics. They're not going to find it. If they found anything, they'd fucking charge Nancy Pelosi, who knew what was happening and let it happen. That was found out. FBI knew. Police knew. Speaker of the House knew. They all knew. This is just some more bullshit. Everybody's a Democrat. Anna Navarro 
happy as shit. Look at this fucking shit. Look at this. This is just politics. That's all this is, is politics. Schiff, all of them. It's politics. It's not real. Damn, I'm officially become a Liz Cheney fangirl. She's again put country over party and accepted to serve on the January 6th Select Committee despite threats from McCarthy to strip committee assignments from any Republican do so. Liz doesn't give a shit, and I love her. We hope they will choose their members expeditiously, Speaker Pelosi says at GOP's five seats on the committee. She wants this group to get to work sooner rather than later. McCarthy threatens to strip GOP. Who gives a shit, Kinziger tells reporters, per Anna Gaskier, when asked about the McCarthy's threat to members who accept any Pelosi request to serve six. When you got people that say crazy stuff and you're not going to make that threat to make the threat the truth tellers you've lost, you know any credibility, and that's that's all going to say. House Speaker announces Liz Cheney. Media love this. Oh, my God. CNN was on it. It's all a joke. This whole thing's a fucking joke. Look at the media coverage. This was just media is going to carry it because it's got Trump in it. And they'll make Republicans look bad. And that's all this is about. It's all it's about. Democrats don't have to own the summer of love. Nope. Not important. They don't get, they don't be held accountable. Kinziger and Cheney work to become independents and run because they're not going to get reelected as Republicans. Alexander Kazakotes in on the Capitol warned they shouldn't be on 1 6. It's just their polls are looking bad. The whole thing is falling apart. It's just falling apart, and they need something to twist and st- make it look bad. To continue spreading the lies, to continue downplaying. Just- I don't want to minimize the loss in Benghazi. Well, you already did. Who's the fascist? Who's the bigger threat to democracy? A guy who doesn't have a platform? You impeached him twice? And you had no proof that he organized, planned, did anything? This is a bunch of bad apples. And we've reported that they were mixed apples of a bunch of bad Trump voters and a bunch of bad Democrat voters. It's all been proven. CNN and NBC paid a bad Biden voter to go in there. He got arrested. Lost his money. Because he did real damage. But this is their strategy. This is their strategy. And you can't have that strategy unless you keep rewinding 1-6. It's going to be like Russia during Trump. When Trump did something good, they brought back more Russian information or somebody leaked more lies and Russia, Russia, Russia. And then when that ran out, it was a phone call with some biased fucking military guy. And then it was this and then it was that. With Biden, it's one six. But the criminalizing oppositional speech, it's a concerted effort by the media, social media. It isn't about I want to overthrow the government. Nobody's saying that. 
They're just saying this is a fucked up administration with nobody at the wheel. I mean, when you've lost Joe Rogan, it says pretty much everything. That doesn't get reported. That doesn't get reported. None of this gets reported. None of it. I could read this whole Oath Keeper thing. It's a joke. They got nothing. They got nothing. None of this is real. It was a bunch of bad people instantly went crazy. Crime goes up. And they get to keep lying about defund. I'm hoping to clarify the administration's position here on defunding the police. You say the president does not want to defund the police. Uh, Is the president concerned then that last year the now associate attorney general, Vanita Gupta, said it was, quote, critical for state and local leaders to heed calls from Black Lives Matter and movement for Black Lives activists to decrease police budgets? Well, let me first say that as a Fox News report uh, that came about in February quoted, uh, quote, current and former police chiefs in more than 53 cities across the country, as well as the National Fraternal Order of Police, are issuing their support of the nomination of Vanita Gupta, President Biden's nominee for Associate Attorney General, praising her leadership and record and urging the Senate Judiciary Committee to quickly confirm her to the post. I don't know that that was your report or not, but it was certainly one from your network. But she said, okay, so that's the Fox report. Thank you. And Senate testimony, she said she wanted to decrease police budgets. She also made explicitly clear in her confirmation process that she opposes defunding the police. Uh, And the president ran on, most importantly, did not run on defunding the police. He's always opposed defunding the police. I'll also note, because you've asked this question before, or a few times over the last several days, that when we talk about uh, individuals uh, in Congress and their support for funding or Uh, opposition to funding for the police, I think what the American people are most focused on is how people vote, what their record is, which is a public record. And I will note that while the president ran on and won the most votes of any candidate in history in a platform of boosting funding for law enforcement after Republicans spent decades trying to cut the cops program, which again is public record. We don't need to uh, uh, undervalue the the intelligence of the American people. Uh, The president ran on increasing that funding. It's in his budget. In President Trump's budget, he significantly cut that. So that's a change. And the American Rescue Plan had a great deal of funding for local and state authorities, something that can support funding for local police in communities across the country, something many have used. It doesn't require me telling you names of individuals who opposed the American Rescue Plan. Every Republican opposed the American Rescue Plan, and I don't have time to read out all their names today. And the president ran on, most importantly, did not run on defunding the police. He's always opposed defunding the police. I'll also note, because you've asked this question before, or a few times over the last several days, that when we talk about uh, individuals uh, in Congress and their support for funding or uh, opposition to funding for the police, I think what the American people are most focused on is how people vote what their record is, which is a public record. And I will note that while the president ran on and won the most votes of any candidate in history in a platform of boosting funding for law enforcement after Republicans spent decades trying to cut the cops program, which again is public record. We don't need to uh, under, under, uh, undervalue the, the intelligence of the American people. 
the president ran on increasing that funding. It's in his budget. It w in President Trump's budget, he significantly cut that. So that's a change. Able to have transparency, be able to have access to the records of police when they have misconduct charges against them, to be able to know where they are. So they can't go from one police department to the next. That should be held in my administration. That information will have to be made available to the Justice Department and held in a file. So you'll be able to track this. Uh, surplus military equipment for law enforcement. They don't need that. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is but that do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding. Yes, absolutely. One of the really fine line making the people feel like we're helping them while we're actually destroying them. You know what? Why don't we just tell the people that defund the police was all a Republican idea? There's a lot of coverage out there of it being us. Meh, doesn't matter. The people will remember what I tell them to remember. Okay, so defund the police was a Republican idea. This could work. And then you can recommend reinstating the police and be a hero. Yes. If anyone questions it, I'll just call out the fact checkers to censor it. You are so good. I prefer evil versus good, but up is down these days. It's all lies. The whole thing's a lie. It's all a projection. One six is the projection over all of this. BLM riders smash car window. Eh, nothing. It's an emotional time. Emotional time. We're doing another investigation into an investigation that we did an investigation and we did an impeachment. But it's an emotional time. Okay. Barry, a TV news crew's held up an armed robbery attempt during interview. Yeah, that's fine. And then you have this fucking human feces. Your reaction to criticism, uh, Tribune editorial used the term irascible. Uh, how much of this do you think might have to do with the fact that you're a woman and specifically a black woman? About 99% of it. Expand on that. Well, I mean, look, look at my predecessors. Um, did, did people say that Rich Daly um, held, uh, you know, uh, uh, tea sessions uh, with people that he didn't disagree on? Uh, Rahm Emanuel was a polite um, guy who was a, a uniter? No. The sky was falling because that's racist as fuck. It's racist as fuck. You're all a bunch of racists. That little skit that lady did sums it all up. Sums it all up. Fuck me running, man. You guys make shit up as you go along. Just make it all up. Can lie, project. And the problem is because you own... You own everything. People are so scared to say facts now. So scared. Kamala Harris, if you're able to, chip in. She was letting these people out. But you have the WAPO poll. Americans give Biden negative rating on how he handled the issue of crime, according to the poll, with 38% approving, 48% disapproving. Finds a 55% majority of Americans say increasing funding for police departments will reduce violent crime. 
And instead of coming up with solutions to the rising crime problem, they decided their best bet is to blame Republicans. That's all it is. Blame Republicans. Blame Republicans. And that's in a liberal poll. That's not an unbiased poll. I'm sure it's the Republicans who want to defund the police talking point. We'll definitely turn that around. So this is why we're now saying ours wanted to fund. Here's why. Biden has a handle the rise in crime at all. He's been AWOL except two, given an awful meandering speech calling for more gun control. But the availability of guns hasn't changed, obviously. What is our effort to vilify and demean the police while cutting their budgets? Oakland Chief. LaRon Armstrong speaks about rising crime. Today we find ourselves in a crisis. Crime is out of control in Oakland. They know it. But what does the media do? More people are buying guns. Few people are getting background checks. That's a lie. That's a fucking lie. But we can print that in the 538 USA Today WAPO. The problem with the Biden administration, they're still too busy doing this shit. Back in Iran. That's so important. So important. Iran is so important. Cheryl Atkinson sums it up. The statement. If the NSA denies it, is it case closed? Also notice the wording. It matters when it comes to government propagandists. NSA didn't say didn't spy on Tucker to leak info to get his show canceled. Perhaps it monitored Tucker to leak info to get him fired. And, and that's what it's about. Byron York. Daily Meadow. What are we doing? Well, we have uh, the case that I played on the intro. Just another get Trump boondoggle. The media was covering that. They're not covering the violence. They're not covering the fun. They're not covering anything. Fact checkers. Say Joe Biden never supported to fund the police. That's a lie. I played it. He did. He just did. That's what he did. He eloquently said it without saying the word defund. A judge ordered Minneapolis City Council and mayor must hire more police, siding with residents who say their lives have been damaged by severe lack of police. Defund and reimagine is not working. Court docs say mayor and council... Uh, crime rate spikes since George Floyd. Police force plummeted from 879 to 690. Need at least 730 officers per charter. This is just embarrassing for those city officials and that mayor who got booed. So when he got booed, eh. This is Massachusetts yesterday. And yesterday, a bunch of people blocked a road. The media ran with it. It was white supremacists. And then we find out they're black supremacists. The people who don't believe American laws apply to them. And all the while, this is going on. You need me to get you some saline? Sir, you will not. You should never allow it to happen. I expect you. There is no way. You ignorant motherfucker. You need to do something. 
Don't get too spread out. Don't get too spread out. Don't get too cocky, motherfucker. You're gonna get your ass knocked out.
those were people protesting the spa. And then Antifa comes and beats them up. That's okay, though. It's okay. We don't have a problem with that. There's no Antifa mob beating people up in fucking goddamn freaking Portland. None of those people are important. We're not doing select committees. And then this this story. I was eight armed men refused to comply with police following a traffic stop Saturday on Interstate 95 in Massachusetts. The standoff shut down the interstate in both directions. And we find out they're black guys. New York Times mocks claims of mostly peaceful January 6th, but Floyd protests overwhelmingly peaceful. Two sets of facts. Certain violence is okay. Certain violence isn't okay. When violence shouldn't be okay, period. But you don't see collect, you know, select committees on that. I mean, why would we? My God. Conservatives are bad. And we never look for the root cause, as this administration likes to say, of why leftists are so angry, but it could be how they react to SCOTUS rulings, which is our jerk-off of the week. I have a the media jerk-off of the week. So hot. Well, I think one of the things that the court has left open in this opinion, which, again, I think is a pretty severe move to the right on voting rights, but one of the things that's left open is the possibility of voting rights laws that are enacted with a discriminatory purpose in mind. Now, again, this is so much harder to prove. Mostly, I was going to say, how do you? Well, how do you prove it, right? Because what isn't that the issue? And isn't that something that I mean, the justices brought this up in oral arguments? How do you prove that the intent was to discriminate for some of these voting rights, um, voting voting restriction laws that are in place? I think that's the million-dollar question. I mean, much more of this kind of work is going to be sub rosa, much more subtle than it was in the Jim Crow era. I mean, I I think this really is a gutting of this landmark civil rights. I want to ask you about those important issues and democratic messaging. Eric Adams had a tough-on-crime message in New York City. Now he is leading the race to be New York's next mayor. He said that the Democratic Party needs to pay attention to New York or you're going to be in trouble. How do you have a big tent party without turning off voters that you need to win? Well, we're going to, you know, in the end of the day, it's about delivering for the American people. Uh, the Republican Party likes to talk a lot. Right now, they're talking about defunding the police. But who really is defunding the police? In the American Rescue Plan, Stephanie, we had $350 billion to go to our cities. And many of those cities, under the, the authority of uh, President Biden, are using those resources to fund their police departments. And guess what? Not one okay, day Republican Okay, but then how are you going... Not one I'm with you, but then how are you going? How are you going to 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 convince the American people of that? Right. You have Republicans that are not supporting a commission on the insurrection, which is all about law and order. 
But Republicans have co-opted this idea that defund the police means wiping out police forces when what it really does is in enhance and empower law enforcement. But you and I both know the defund the police message is not translating correctly. With states across the country passing new laws that make voting more difficult, especially for minorities, the Supreme Court today gave a green light. By a 6-3 to three vote, the conservative majority on the court upheld two election laws in Arizona. One criminalizes the collection of ballots by third parties, dubbed ballot harvesting by critics. The other requires election officials to throw out ballots cast at the wrong precinct. Voting rights activists offered evidence that these laws impact Native Americans and other minorities more than whites in Arizona and claimed they violated the Voting Rights Act. But in today's ruling, Justice Samuel Alito, writing for the court, brushed that evidence aside. But liberal justices said the decision undermines the Voting Rights Act because laws like Arizona's can be a barrier to minority voting. In a statement, President Biden said he was deeply disappointed in the decision and called on Congress to pass new legislation. At the same time, his Justice Department is suing one state, Georgia, saying its new voting law intentionally discriminates against black voters. The decision today may make that lawsuit more difficult. And as states pass more restrictive voting laws, the message from the justices is clear. This is another sign from the Supreme Court that these are going to be quintessential political judgments. In a 6-3 ruling written by Samuel Alito, the most reliably conservative justice, the Supreme Court dealt another violent blow against democracy by upholding two restrictive Arizona voting laws, forbidding the collection of absentee ballots by anyone other than family or caregivers, and allowing the tossing of ballots inadvertently cast in the wrong precinct. Sadly, the conservative decision shows, shows you just how central the big lie has become to Republican orthodoxy. What's far more troubling is what this decision means for future cases before the courts. According to Alito, states can pretty much do whatever they want to suppress the vote, as long as they don't make it obvious. To drop out some of the legal jargon here, Alito's standard is basically, as long as you don't say the N-word, when you are taking away people's votes, it is fine. That, that is the essential takeaway from his opinion. It was empirically shown that these laws had a disparate impact on black and brown and native voters in Arizona. The plaintiffs, the state of Arizona, admitted that these laws had a disparate impact and admitted that that's why they were there. 2013, uh, in the Shelby County case, the court really crippled, ended Section 5, which was the federal oversight provision. And now, with this decision today, we see the crippling of at least part of Section 2, which is the law that says uh, the, the federal government or private parties can sue to stop um, election policies that have discriminatory results or discriminatory intent. Now, this case is about discriminatory results. And what the case has amount, what the case is going to do, and obviously I haven't read the whole thing yet, mm -hmm. it just came out moments ago, but it's going to make it much harder for plaintiffs to say, look, the, the, the laws, the law that you are, you passed in Arizona or Iowa or Florida or Georgia or all these cases where these new laws are in effect, there, it's going to be harder to prove that there were discriminatory results. And then came this challenge to Arizona's law in the Supreme Court. Uh, the law requires election officials to throw away ballots cast at the wrong precinct. Let's say you, you got two voting areas near you, two places to vote, you go to the wrong one, you vote there, whoops. 
that gets thrown out. It also makes it a crime for anyone except family members, caregivers, and election officials to collect and deliver ballots to polling places. Now, we know those provisions have a disparate impact across racial lines. They ran the numbers. They found that tossing ballots cast to the wrong precinct has the effect of disproportionately undercounting minority votes by a factor of two to one. Allowing someone else to drop off a ballot is particularly important for indigenous communities in Arizona. But today, the Supreme Court's conservative majority said all that stuff is fine. And I could give you the legal reasoning, but here's the real reasoning. It's because they and all other parts of the right are working in tandem against America's multiracial democracy. So, Matt, I have an impossible task for you in all of 60 seconds. What concerns you most about these immediate months ahead of us? Um, what concerns me most is that this is this it's going to get worse than what happened on January 6th. Uh, because we have appeal of uh, people that have been pushed and instigated and lied to. And yeah, we don't worry about that violence, though. That violence just uh, we, we it, it's not violent. It's it's patriotic. I mean, we're talking about democracy here. And democracy is going to be ruined if states are able to do their own things. And once again, if you ever need to think about one six and why one six is partisan and it has nothing to do with real violence, they never released any of the fucking tape. And Claire McCaskill and that moderate independent, supposedly, over on ABC, has, it's just going to get worse. Well, it is getting worse because you people are losing your shit about every time you lose. Every time you lose in a court battle or whatever, it's the end of democracy. And this is, they have the right to ask people, and oh, by the way, the American people, black, three dick Martians, all want voter ID. But you people, this is why we have violence. The rhetoric around these voting rights arguments is so dishonest. Here's a letter from Biden administration where they can see that they do not agree with the conclusion that neither Arizona measure violates Section 2 results test. It doesn't. A stunning, uh, this is this is what these people get away with. A stunning admission by SCOTUS majority weakening the Voting Rights Act. The six justices say the disparate racial impacts of many voting rules are okay because of influence in employment, wealth, and education among races. A couple of thoughts. There is no support for this kind of exception to voting rules that create despairing racial impacts. Maybe your ability to vote should be conditioned on how wealthy you are or what kind of job you have. Lots of people retweeting this quote. Judd is presented accurately and out of context. The rest of the graph says despairing impact is important. Here's a full paragraph from the majority opinion. Judd Legum should delete his tweet and apologize. He will not because he doesn't have to. That's part of their shtick. They just lie. It's what they do. It was like a meltdown. It is the end of everything. End of everything. We're over. This guy, Mark Elias, if anyone thinks that this decision will stop us from fighting for voting rights, they're wrong. We will fight harder with every tool available to protect voters' suppression laws. If you're cheering today's SCOTUS decision, something is wrong with you. I suggest you do some deep retrospect. No, you 
on it. And once again, if if HR1 was so important, it would be voted in, but there wasn't a majority of people who wanted it. Because you just want to take over and never lose. New York Times, Forbes, sweet God, it's the end of America once again. It's always the end of America. It's all over. Signing with a lot of groups of both sides, including the ACLU, PETA, HRC, and the NAACP will like the First Amendment. The ACLU also opposes this because it has long been considered an impediment to speech to allow the sort of harassment these discourses do. Another group that opposes this is the NAACP. The NAACP opposes this in part because Alabama tried to get its membership rolled 70 years ago to target an agitator. Congrats, people oppose this ruling. You're on the side of Alabama 70 years ago. I mean, th- this shit, I-, I just flipped through it because it-, it is what we deal with every day. The court is no longer a court. This is a rare decision that doesn't go liberal because they're afraid of the media. NPR. This guy. I get the activists that say we could still win this fight. I appreciate the politicians have to convince voters of whoever's left the new laws matter. But we shouldn't sugarcoat what's happening. The piece of legislation outlawing American apartheid has been defeated. America operated for 170 years without providing the real protection for black people to vote. Beyond the good graces of slim white majorities in a few states, black people didn't win federal protection and the right to vote until 1965. Racist. He goes on. Black people didn't overcome the exact thing. Black people, it's all racist, racist, racist. It's all racist. They wouldn't pass because it's unconstitutional. The states set voting that's a that's a justice correspondent i didn't even read it all because i just can't i just can't they get away with this and there's so much violence going on and it's their rhetoric that causes the violence not trump if fucking saying an election was stolen is violent action never trumpers media and democrats you've been doing it since 2000 uh, thread vilifying <clears throat> in their obituaries is simply put a bad inhumane development. There's a lot of hypocrisies how it's done. If you don't believe me, look at how yesterday's passing of former Donald's Rumsfeld compares to freaking. Um, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong wrong one. Here it is. That's him talking about that. I don't really care. We're moving on. We're just moving on. I don't even have this. The uh, Rumsfeld stuff. Rumsfeld, a cunning leader, oversaw a ruinous Iraq war. Fidel Castro, who defied U.S. for 50 years, dies at 90. I think it's just fucking hilarious. And we're not going to cover this in depth. We're just going to cover this briefly. An article comes out from Politico that uh, Harris has a hostile work environment. It's not the first time. She had harassment suits. This is from the Los Angeles Times. It's not from uh, the Daily Wire. This this is, she's getting shit done, and I'm here for it. Because once again, it's about her vagina and her skin color, which, by the way, she's not black. She's not African-American. But there is the thing.
This is the media. It's a nothing burger. And Trump, this would be a huge thing that would go on forever. It would never stop. But now it's just a nothing burger. So I am just going to rip the Band-Aid off. I am here to tell all of you, my wonderful co-hosts and the viewers at home, that this is going to be my last season here at The View. I will be here through the end of July to finish out the season with all of you, which I am grateful for. This was not an easy decision. It took a lot of thought and counsel and prayer and talking to my family and my close friends. And, you know, look... COVID has changed the world for all of us, and it changed the way, at least for me, the way I am looking at life, the way I'm living my life, the way I want my life to look like. And when I said goodbye to all of you in the studio uh, over a year and a half ago, I had just found out I was pregnant. Um, I left the city very quickly because my OBGYN wanted me to leave because he wasn't sure about how uh, COVID could possibly impact pregnant women. I came to the D.C. area, which is where my husband and I have always split time, and it's where I grew up splitting time. And we have this incredible life here. We're surrounded by my family, his family, by friends, by this incredible support unit. And I think as any new mom knows, uh, when I think about where I want Liberty to have her, uh, you know, first steps and her first words, um, I just have this really wonderful life. I just hate the fact that this is coming from inside our vice president's house, right? You have current aides and and former aides uh, talking like this. I, I think that this has a lot to do with, yes, these are, this is just politics, but this also has a lot to do with the fact that she's uh, a woman of color and, and a woman. I was waiting when I saw the headlines on these articles for some big bombshell, and I, like I was a little scared because I'm a Kamala fan, so I was like, uh-oh. And I start reading. I was like, wait, what's the point of this article? It started to talk about miscommunication in an office. I was like, have you worked in offices before? Communication sucks. So, like, that's a common problem. Joy, is it time for us to say, hey, grow a pair? You know, there's something about this story that doesn't uh, pass the smell test for me. I mean, this. I'm going to leave this up for a second because we just spent four years with anonymous sources. That's all they spoke of. Anonymous sources. It's what we did. That's how we impeached a president twice. She even got fucking snippy when people called her on it. I think everyone knows the difference between attacking someone as an anonymous source and providing details on policy announcements to reporters in an effort to provide information. Point taken. All this is true in every White House, but with all respect, why should providing details on a policy announcement be done anonymously in a transparent and open democratic society? She didn't respond to that. Because why would we? People, I could read this all day. You got it. I'm not covering that. I just, I'm not covering it. I'm not covering it. I'm just not. I'm just not. It's a fucking joke. They get away with everything. They're able to get away with everything. We we don't seem to have standards across the board. We don't seem to have standards as I cover my face. <laughs> yeah. Molly Hemingway, some ash and trash will do some woke. And if you apply the needed correction to polls, most of which have systemically and significantly advantaged Democrats and harbor covers, states say that the real numbers are far worse than 52% approve of him. But it's so tilted.
Report, Trump picked up more Hispanic and women voters in 2020. Yeah, we knew that months ago. Nobody wants to talk about it. America's new political prisoners. It's on Tablet Magazine, Lee Smith. It's so true. Column, the media's collapsing trust. Megan McCain, as I just showed, is leaving the view. The amount of people that were excited about that, it just wouldn't surprise you. Uh, Joy Behar smiled and Joy's face never lies. We're so happy. Good riddance. Liberals cheer. Megan McCain leaving the view. Megan McCain is leaving view by. Without Megan McCain in the view, how will we be reminded every 10 seconds that she's John McCain's daughter? Well, that was good last year when Trump was in office. I'm not reading this shit. It's all, it's just the usual shit. It's the usual shit. Uh, poll, which CNN host crushed Fox News and MSNBC competition and who came in dead last and media favorability? <laughs> I thought ratings were it. Morning Culsa trend data showed an erosion of media credibility in the few years. Average trust declined by 11 points. With the aforementioned print, broadcast, cable, and radio outlet, blah, blah, blah. Among Democrats, Fox News and Wall Street Journal saw the sharpest decline, 4 to 12 points, respectively, where Republicans' view of every outlet declined by double digits, led by 19-point plunge for NBC and MSNBC, and 17 for CNN and ABC. CBS and NBC saw the biggest declines of 4 and 5 points, respectively, among all Americans over the past year, while Fox News took the biggest hit among Republicans, falling from 59 and 8-point drop. Fox News declining credibility with Republicans follow sustained criticism of Trump around the November for third election. Blah, blah, blah. So, the poll of 2,000 Americans that doesn't matter, but Mediaite really like this. They then rate the host by net favorability rating. And you can see below, CNN's Cooper was comfortably the most popular among all adults and the Democrats. CNN Cuomo, however, came in dead last. So, here we go. Cooper. 41% like him. Chris Hayes, 19. Laura Ingram, 25. Lawrence Donald, 19. Tucker Carlson, 29. Don Lemon, 23. Rachel Maddell, 29. Sean Hannity, 27. Chris Cuomo, 26. So this article was done to say Democrats, because we talked to more Democrat people, um. Yeah, they, they liked them. Oh, that's great. Stacey Abrams now owns two homes totaling $1.4 million starting 2018 campaign and massive debt. Let's just let that sink for a while. Hmm. Yeah. New York Times, because they're pissed off at Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is too big to cancel. He's now one of the most consumed media products on the planet. His Spotify deal estimates 100 million speaks to the lure of making audience feel they're in on something subversive. So they're going to try to cancel him because he's being too naughty. Michael Gnomes wrote the top-selling nonfiction books in the U.S. It's not on the New York Times list. And once again, to make sure we understand that this administration is way crookeder than we'll ever hear in our media. Biden names Amy Gutman as his nominee to U.S. Ambassador to Germany. Jeffrey, however, Hovar as Ambassador to Kosovo. 
transcriber Jennifer Epstein, Biden was paid more than 900000 by Penn in the years after he left the vice presidency. A couple of members of his family have gone there. Now he's selected the university longtime president, Amy Goodman, to be ambassador to Germany. I want that to sink in when a sycophant types that. That's probably bad. I mean, it's just me. But under Trump, that was bad. Lackeys and cronies. In fact, we haven't heard cronyism and things like that since Bush. We were really big about Bush being a crony. Uh, but we don't we don't care about that anymore now. Um, it's not important because we, we got our guy. We got a guy in the White House. We we fortified an election. And when you fortify elections, you get the people you want elected, and it's really exciting. It's good stuff. So let's go in. And so you have to sit here and watch me open web pages because we're moving on now. Let's do some woke. Turn it up. Turn it on. Rock it like we're bad to the bone. Get on the floor. Running loose. Gotta put these two left feet to you. If you need education in the party scene. Let's get a walk. Got some breaking coronavirus news just now from the CDC. Dr. Rochelle Walensky, she's briefing right now uh, as the country once again is moving in the wrong direction on this virus. Walensky says there has been a 10% increase in cases since last week. 10%. 25% of those increased in cases are the Delta variant. She called the Delta variant, quote, hypertransmissible and that its spread is being fueled by communities with low vaccination rates. Director Walensky says more than 1,000 counties have a vaccination rate lower than 30%. Folks, nearly 10,000 people died in the month of June. They were needless deaths. Please get vaccinated. If you know someone who's not vaccinated, find a way to convince them to get vaccinated. Literally, the only people dying are the unvaccinated. And for those of you spreading misinformation, shame on you. President Stephanie called this flipping the script. What does this dynamic mean for the economy in the long term? Listen, the president isn't wrong. For years and years, workers have not had any power. Employers had all the power. Now that's switching. And while we do hear from lots of businesses that say, I can't afford to pay my workers more, let's be honest, Eamon. If your business model is such that you cannot pay your employees a living wage, then newsflash, it is not a valued functioning business model and it's time to change that and especially as you look at fortune 500 companies big businesses they've had an extraordinary year look at the stock market the gains shouldn't only be gotten by executives and shareholders it's time to actually give back to workers trickle down economics doesn't work that's your media betters telling you you still need to covid you better get your covid on and if you don't covid you're a piece of shit so we get uh, more what's now uh, anti-racist, racist stuff. She got her tenure because uh, they bullied him. And she's black and she's female. Yeah, okay. This is some good shit right here. Um, I cover these a lot, but they need to be. <clears throat> For my son's kindergarten teacher, all the CRT buzzwords, intersectionality, privilege, anti-racist. Uh, you read you, you read that 
bottom section. A little bit of myself. I grew up in South Bay, San Diego, and I identify as Mexican Chicanx, cisgender woman who understands my social personality, or personality, and work that I must continue doing to man- dismantle racist, monocultural, monolingual, heteronormative, and patriarchal spaces while also amplifying BIPOC voices. I love the infographic starts at zero years. Now, when I went in to find it, what I could find was this stuff. They're going to ignore laws, do their stuff. This is who's teaching this shit. I mean, just look at that stuff. One of the problems of seeing the liberal MSM and the discourse of non-CRT scholars like Kendi is a false idea that CRT is only taught in law schools. That's very much untrue and shows how little even liberals know about the interdisciplinary field of critical race scholarship. CRT originated in law school, but it is now practiced and taught in a wide variety of fields, from education to philosophy. Please stop saying that CRT is not. Well, that's what we're saying. Okay, fam, real talk. I think we're taking the wrong turn on critical race theory fight. Instead of arguing it is not taught in schools and the scholar is not a critical race theorist, we should be positively affirming critical race theory. This is kindergarten stuff. Kindergarten. They want to teach it in kindergarten. Five-year-olds. Five years old. I mean, this is a cult. This is more dangerous than QAnon could ever be. Just kind of a small interaction that happened in our group where Jason's son popped into the room and he's talking to me, he's asking him a question. And Jason's like, oh, sorry. And then he caught himself and was like, wait, this is white dominant culture right here. Like, why am I apologizing? Because we're at home and like home is happening. Um, so I and, I, and I love just that because it just shows us how even the smallest things or the smallest kind of choices that we make what in general if you if you counted how many times some of the women in your life apologize as it compares to how many times the men apologize that's a socialization and that's definitely a white dominant culture socialization it's a women are supposed to be docile we're supposed to apologize when someone knocks us over in the subway and three give me a second i should be way better and faster at this at this point now, boom, breakout rooms are coming to you. Enjoy, 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 and have a good time. See you when you get back. I hope people had a great time in those groups. Those are the same groups that you'll be in for later conversations. So you've already started to get to know them and now uh, we can get into it. So anti-racism. Folks like Anna, who have been here for every single anti-racism event since the beginning, um, she already knows this definition because we use it every single time, but we like to lay the framework. It's really hard for us to get into a conversation without understanding where folks are coming from. So our definition here at Black on Black Education for anti-racism is working actively to oppose racism by advocating for changes in political, economic, and social life. There are multiple definitions. Other folks might define it in a different way, but overarchingly, the framework for which anti-racism is set on are the the words of Angela Davis. And in a racist society, it's not enough to be non-racist. We must be anti-racist. So let's keep it pushing. 
And so now we want to know from you all, when you hear the language white dominant culture, in a, in a sentence or less, write in the chat, or if you want to come off mute, what do you think it is? Describe what you believe it to be. And we'll start sharing some of those out so that we can talk um, as, a, as a large group about what we already know about white dominant culture. The norm. The norm. That's a beautiful way of putting it. American culture, love it. Anything else that folks that are coming to mind, sentence or less? What's white dominant culture? How would we define it? How would we describe it? You can come off mute or right there in the chat. We'll give about 30 more seconds. I'll say, mis I'll say misunderstood. Misunderstood, okay. Anyone else agree with that? We have any head nods? We can use the annotation feature, give thumbs up if other folks feel similarly. We've got norms, values, ideas, perspectives that are, that are predominant, absolutely, absolutely. Beautiful. So we all have some idea of what white dominant culture was, or we came to the session because we're like, I have no idea what that is. I've never heard of it. And now I would like to know how um, I may or may not uh, kind of live into it, which we all do. It's in us. It's around us. As, as so many other incredible people with larger brains than I have have said it, racism is like a smog. It's all around us. We walk through it every single day. And so anti-racist practice allows us to see that smog and then start to clear it up. So here are some of the kind of like founders of anti-racist ideology, and this is what they say about um, white dominant culture. So the heartbeat of anti-racism is self-reflection, recognition, admission, and fundamentally self-critique. So in this space, a lot of the questions that we ask you or the things that we have you pose, we really want you to get into and think for yourself, what is it that I have? What do, what do I, how do I participate in this thing? Or how has it affected me? Um, so it's that self that self critique and then moving into what alan goodman says is we live in a racial smog this is a world of racial smog we can't help but breathe that smog in so when we're walking around black people white people all sorts of people we're walking around with this smog in us because we've been socialized to believe in it and it's but that's nice but what's nice is that you can recognize that you're breathing the smog and that's the first step. So then you choosing to come to this event to be here with us is showing that you're understanding oneself and whether the beliefs come from some. So, so being polite is racist. And that goes on for 45 minutes. For 45 minutes, they go on and on and on. White, dominant white culture. What the fuck even is this nonsense? I don't have enough eye socket to eye roll hard enough for this bullshit. But that's what they're teaching people. It is what it is. This who teaches our kid. NEA today taking up several far left resolutions accusing Israel of ethnic cleansing, decolonizing curriculum, opposing police unions, supporting Hannah Jones. The nation's largest teachers union will be conducting an entirely virtual convention, even though unionized teachers across the country were some of the first prioritized to get COVID vaccination because science and shit. Yeah, that's who's teaching our kids. This is what's wrong with our country right now. This is why we have people that don't respect the flag. Teachers union across the country have come out against both Israel and Jews in recent months. AFT union head Weingart criticized Jews being part of the ownership cloud dedicated to denying opportunity to others. 
Uh, NB29 costs 71500 Arab population of Palestine has again risen up in a heroic struggle against military repression and ethnic cleansing by Israeli state. The NEA supported this struggle with weakened reaction internationally. That's a teacher's union. Just adopted a new business item, too, voting to spend 56500 to research the organization attacking educators doing anti-racist work. Special citing heritage, presumably referring to Chris Rufo. So they're going to get them kicked off the Internet, as we'll see, because you can do that. The National Teachers Union is funding an attack machine against me and other allies. We were born for this fight and will show no mercy. You better know you're over the target. Yep. You're over the target when they start trying to cancel you. Rich Lowry. It's hard to exaggerate how shoddy this New York Times Magazine piece by Timothy Snyder compares anti-CRT rules to Russian memory laws. He either didn't take time to understand these rules or deliberately is distorting the truth. Consider Florida... Timothy Snyder says the state is attempting to forbid education about racism and the subject of Jim Crow would seem to be banned in Florida school. This is a falsehood, as evidence is charged, quoting the new rules of Florida Board of Education that fortitudes forbids the teaching of CRT, which is defined as theory that racism is not merely the product of prejudice, but that racism is embedded in American society, legal system, and every white person upholds it. He interprets his prohibition on teaching a controversial theory about contemporary American society as a prohibition to lessons about the history of racism in the country. He must know that this nonsense has looked at the rule they actually passed, and no, they don't. They don't. That's the rule. The sentence preceding the one quoted by Snyder says instruction on the required topics must be factual and objective and may not suppress or distort significant historical events, such as the Holocaust, slavery, civil war, reconstitution, civil rights movement, and the contributions of women, African-American, and Hispanic people to our country. That is in every one of these, but just like every other thing we have in our media, why would we tell the truth? Why? Why? Op-ed says Asian-American students are being purged at top public health schools in America. The purge of Asian-American students at Thomas Jefferson has begun, the Washington Post. The student body is about 80% minority, but the wrong kind of minority for school officials. School district officials announced that as a result of their new admission system, they slashed the percentage of Asian students admitted to Thomas Jefferson School to 54% this year from 73 The number of Asian-American students isn't dropping because they're less qualified. It's dropping because the school has rejiggered the process to make race a factor. For every student admitted because of discrimination based on race and others pushed out the door. There's always a victim of affirmative action. And while this policy will eventually be found to be unconstitutional, there'll be no justice. They'll get away with it because they always do. Always. Ross advises conservatives could see that the theory of structural racism is tr- basically correct. Don't worry. He reassures us crazy CRT type solutions don't follow necessary for the theory of structural racism, to which I can only say, are you joking? This is the right. They, they don't want to change. They, they, they're scared of the media. That's, that's where we're at. And then 
we get into Trannyville. We were on the North Korean state media website yesterday. It was pretty interesting. They announced a visit by comrade leader Kim Jong-un to the Pyongyang trolley bus factory. Kim, the story begins, quote, looked around different places of the factory, including processing, motor, and bus assembly workshops, to acquaint himself with their modernization and the actual condition of production. Then he expressed great satisfaction with the fact that the factory established an integrated manufacturing system properly, manufactured modern equipment by itself, and supplemented itself with new equipment. The story went on like this for several paragraphs. Pretty florid. You will not be surprised to learn it was not a hard-hitting piece. On the other hand, it wasn't vogue. They didn't go that far. When it comes to authentic state media cult of personality hero worship, the propagandist in North Korea's Communist Party news agency look on in awe at the reporters of Vogue magazine in New York. The Vogue guys do Stalinism the old-fashioned way. They are all in. They barely use verbs. It's all smoldering hot superlatives. Consider the new Vogue profile of Dr. Jill Biden, the scholar, scientist, statesperson, civil rights icon, healer, mother of a nation, eternally the first lady of our hearts. We could go on, but Vogue already did. Dr. Jill, we learn from Vogue, is, quote, driven, tireless, effortlessly popular, but also someone who reminds us of ourselves. That's right. She's us, but better. As Vogue puts it, she's every inch a goddess and a very busy goddess. At one point, we find Dr. Jill in reading glasses on Air Force One and preparing for her negotiations with other world leaders of the G7. You go, Dr. Jill. You don't need to be elected to lead our country. Back in the United States, Dr. Jill barely pauses to slip into yet another glamorous outfit before heading off to administer life-saving vaccines to any American who wants one, and even some who don't. Dr. Jill is a doctor, first and foremost. In one scene from the Vogue piece, Dr. Jill cradles the arms of nervous women as they get the jab. Look at me, she coos reassuringly. It doesn't hurt. That's right. It's only Kool-Aid. Drink the whole cup. As Dr. Jill puts it with her signature modesty, you try to lift up other people. Who is this amazing woman, this servant, saint, humanitarian, genius, medical missionary, who still somehow has managed to stay beguilingly sexy at 69? I know that has nothing to do with tranny, but I wanted to get in here anyway. And by no means am I inferring that the first lady is a tranny. I just, I didn't have a place to play it. It's about women. Virginia says local schools should eliminate gender-based practice under new transgender rules. And it's more word smithing. Virginia Department of Education eliminate gender-based practice in gender-based homeschooling prom court. Cancel events like father-daughter dances. Overnight lodging for field trips based on gender identity, not gendered sex. And general school divisions should be effort to eliminate gender-based practices to extend possible gender-based policies, rules, and practices. Can I blah, 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 blah. This is a slippery slope. I would sue the fuck out of them when one of my kids gets hurt. They're fucking evil. A majority of states introduced bills this year that would bar transgender students from girl and women's sports. U.S. Today investigation found support rely on specious claims and half-truths. I- I'm going to play this. 
but just takes a short period of time for women's sports to be decimated as a result of that. So and so again, in Georgia, we don't correct? have hard statistics on that, but it just shows we need to act to do this before girls lose out on opportunities, before the records are broken, before they lose out on a spot on the podium. So there are none in Georgia. So basically they're pretending that there is no difference as usual. Uh, they play this thing rather than responding to the problem. Bill sponsor cited work by Alliance Defense Freedom, a conservative legal. Oh, you can't have conservative groups. Anti-trans school sports participation bill produced in 2021. South Dakota sponsors uh, cited three transgender girl athletes at Sioux Falls and also said a transgender girl dominated basketball. Neither is true. Only one transgender student has played girl sports in the state. She was an average player and didn't live near Sioux Falls. They even show this. In Montana, June Eastwood became the first Division I transgender cross-country runner, supporter of the band site, her frequently saying she annihilated her competition. I wasn't some scrub. That's a story. Band support site, few examples opponents worry about harm to all girls who could be subject to invasive exams suspicious about anybody can land any kind of girl in a situation of having to have invasive and traumatic oh now you care about the women everybody shows pictures of big boys little girls uh it's a joke i stopped at usa today investigation not just conservatives they keep thinking this is political it's worldwide. And once again, because liberals who hate America have never left the country, these motherfuckers throw fags off roofs. Roofs. Stone people to death. But yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do passports that are all fucked up. Yeah, that, that's what we're doing. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That, that sounds fucking... Fantastic. Uh, Then we get into this. Is flirting the next victim a millennial metaphorical murder spree? While the sexual weathermen have predicted an exceptionally steamy post-COVID summer, those hoping to mark the end of their long confinement with old-school office romance may want to keep their mask and their pants on. According to a recent headline from HR News, a workplace canoodling is not back on the list of prude activities. A new survey of 1,000 American workers by a telecommunication firm found that 93% of women consider workplace flirting inappropriate compared to 27% of men. The more interesting story is not told by mere statistics, though one hopes that 27% of male flirters will be smart enough to limit their winking and nudging to the 7% of women who apparently don't mind. It's what the survey reflects about the changing landscape of interpersonal relationships and the raped evolution of rapid, sorry, evolution of sexual mores, which have culminated in a new set of norms that redefine entire categories of human interaction as hopelessly out of bounds. Once again, There are two things that are affecting this. Number one, people don't talk to each other anymore. It's all on this. This is all we do. You don't know how to talk to people. You don't know how to flirt. And then when somebody flirts, they're used to guys online who literally are rapey. And then there's this article that I skimmed over. All right. 
I'm going to save this for the end. I really want to cover this in depth, but I can't at this time. So we're going to come back to this. I think I got the whole article, too. We're going to read it together. This this is the second reason. I want to really hit this. Facebook decision allowing pro-Hamas posts from Al Jazeera to be reviewed by Oversight Board. They're okay. And then we have the extremist thing. So, every time something happens and the left doesn't get their way, they throw these little fits. So, fit one was that Facebook wasn't allowing people to talk about, or Facebook was allowing people to talk about Hillary's emails, and it was hurting her. Then Russian disinformation comes in. Donald Trump's installed by Putin, because that's okay to do. I mean, you can talk about that. that. That's okay. Talking about this election. You're a fucking Nazi. And so they quell everything. They ban people. They censor. They silence my mom, my wife. Well, January 6th happens. After a year of violence, it happens. 400 people get scooped up and arrested. Most of them are going to get trespassing. It's a big sham court. Nancy Pelosi and the media are going to continue this January 6th investigation, even though you impeached the president on it, okay? Now it's extremism. Extremism. And they have this. Are you concerned that someone you know is becoming an extremist? We care about preventing extremism on Facebook. Others in your situation have received confidential report or support. How do you get support? Oh, you get re-educated. Oh, well, that's just really interesting. Which brought up a lot of people. My wife got this first. She got it because she, she commented on a pro-American site. And, and if you're pro-American and the New York Times tells us, day, you fly a flag, well, you're a fucking Nazi. You're a Nazi. So, you know, we can't have Nazis. Hey, has anyone had this message pop up in their Facebook? My friend who's not an ideologue but hosts lots of competing chatter got this message twice. He's very disturbed. I've been getting it all day. Literally just happened to me. That popped up on my Facebook after I commented on several conservative posts. Yes, I saw that about a week ago on my Facebook feed. It was a wow, just wow moment. Just got it. You got it too? Let me manipulate you in saying some arbitrary enemy is manipulating you. The gaslighting is unreal. Then there's one that this guy, I just love him. Fuck off. Bruce. You may have been exposed to harmful extremist content recently. Violent groups try to manipulate your anger and disappointment. You could take action. To protect yourself and be re-educated. Dave Rubin. Eh, Where's it at? I just reported AOC, Omar, and Tlaib. Everything they say is extremists. They are not banned. We don't have worries about people getting extreme anti-American thought process. Even though that's all they put out is anti-American. Which made me put this up. 
Let me make this sizable so you can read it but not cover my face. So since January 6th, trespassing, because there was a few people that were violent and there was a whole bunch of people who trespassed, whereas all summer a whole bunch of people were violent and a few people trespassed. We have the NSA, FBI, Post Office, Twitter, and Facebook. BLM, everyone was released. No charges. People murdered people. No charges. Because as we saw in the beginning of our crime section today, it was an emotional time. Then you have journalists. I'll take this as a W. I have no problem with satire used to hold the powerful accountable, but steaming a budding journal for personal essay on a widely followed anonymous account is beyond lame. And she got suspended. Because she tattled on Twitter. This is not the answer. If you haven't gone here... It is straight-ass garbage fire. It's horrible. I logged in just to see what it was like. It's just like Parler. It's garbage. And my thought process is, why do we need social media? Why do we feel we need it? Why? I think conservatives should just start a chat board. Politics. Whatever, put it on a chat board. You can get stuff out there. But social media, until the left owns everything, we're talking every House seat, every governor, every seat of the Senate, every seat of the House, the presidency, they ban the police, the, the fucking military is extremist left. You're, you're just, they're going to keep lowering the bar to what extremism is. Now it's just... Going to opposing views. Remember, that's the Biden fucking plan. That's why you say white supremacy. But you don't say what it is. You don't define. As Tucker showed, they found 70 people. That's it. Then we have this mob that goes with it. The real reasons they blame heat, death, blackouts, and forest fires on climate change is because they're causing them. We have this, New York Times. Columnist cries, damn, have a year to save the planet. We have this, historic heat wave in Pacific Northwest has killed hundreds in U.S. and Canada over the past week. We have this, underpaid firefighters, overstretched budget, the U.S. isn't prepared for fires fueled by climate change. We have this. Tropical storm Elsa has formed in the Atlantic. The system is just under 900 miles east of the Windward Islands. There are the probability of tropical storm force winds a few select locations. Stay tuned. Just in, tropical storm uh, Ella Elias, a record blaker. Fifth named storm of the season is formed. With the naming of Tropical Storms Elza and Fifth Storm so early, good time to read a new blog written by NHC concerning the climatology context of 2020 season. Be wary of any records with names and numbers of storms because of observation techniques have changed. 
The doubling in the numbers of Atlantic-named storms over centuries is very likely due to technology change, not natural or man-made climate change. Short-lived storms in the open ocean that were readily observed with satellites today were likely missed decades ago unless an unlucky ship crossed path. Early or pre-season storms fit this category, especially so far in 2021. Technologies improved like satellites and aircraft radar have also introduced a change in how we observe the maximum intensity and evolution of a storm. And then this comes out. Sweet God Almighty. Sabre and Lucalaca. An underwater gas pipeline has caught fire in the Gulf of Mexico. It's connected to a platform operated by Mexican oil giant Pentex and was producing 726,000 barrels per day of oil equivalent in the moment of the incident. They say this is an underwater gas line that burst in the Gulf of Mexico, but I really hope the government has got some huge Coogee fighting robots on standby. This was all over Twitter and made people say stupid thing like this. Extreme heat is justice issue. Within the same city, some neighborhoods can be up to 20 degrees hotter than others. Studies have shown that heat risk is disproportionately distributed to communities of color and pattern association with segregating and redlining. Shut the fuck up! It's hotter in the city. Everything's racist. That's that's why I play the song. Then you got the CDC putting this out. They fucking ruin everything. They just ruin everything. Dookie in the pool? Really? The National's Largest Teachers Union is a new business item awaiting debate. They're calling for mandatory inoculation for they'll come back to fucking work. That was my last little thing for woke. So we're still not going to go back to work. And why would we? So, because I didn't do anything patriotic, I got to play at least one. Uh, nothing crazy. A couple steaks on the grill, a couple beers, maybe a little bit of cold brew. Nothing crazy. version of crazy is a little askew, but I like it.
slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. It's time for the worst soundbite. When the liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says, This is America. 2021. Which brings me to, which by the way, that's Black Rifle Coffee, they do it right. This article I skimmed over, and I want to make sure I cover this with the deference it deserves, because this, this is disgusting, and this is what's wrong with our country. It's, It's hard for normal Americans to fight through the censorship, the labeling as racist if you don't believe and the left wants... You you don't have a voice, but people like this have a voice. So I'm going to read it. Our family often took the train to Philadelphia, but we were rowed across the bridge to attend a city's pride five years ago. My husband's leg bounced with nervous jitter. She squeezed my hand, worried that she might run into a colleague or be harassed by a stranger. My wife is trans and wasn't out of time, so she typically only expressed her authenticity in the privacy of her home. That morning, she wore a green skirt, light makeup, brushing her hair all to one side. Even though we attended pride marches and protests in previous years, the day was our first celebrating openly as a family. When our children grew up tired of marching, we plopped on a knee bar curve just so we got settled. Our elementary schooler pointed in the direction of oncoming voice, raised an eyebrow at a bare-chested man in dark sunglasses whose black suspenders clipped into leather thong. The man paused to spank playfully by a partner with a flog. What are they doing, my curious kid asked. Our toddler cheered them on. Yeah, that's what our toddler did. Okay. <clears throat> the pair was the first of a few dozen kinksters who danced down the street laughing together as they twisted their whips and batons, some leading comparis- companions by leashes. At the time my children were too young to understand the nuance of the situation, but I told them the truth, that these folks were members of our community celebrating who they are and what they like to do. The kink community has celebrated in pride, you know, just a second. I wanted to be able to do this right. So this is their community. This is my community. My community likes the flag. It's patriotic, loves the country. This is bad. This is good. That's our country right now. That That's where we're at. It's confusing. The kink community has participated in Pride since inception, blah, blah, blah. Those open to oust kinksters often cite the presence of children and the top concern that was pointed in the case this year when Twitter users argued that kink at Pride is highly sexualized experience that children should be shielded from. Thousands of years supported the post, claimed the kink at Pride crossed the line because of minors. I agree that Pride should be a welcoming space for children and teens, but policing how others show up doesn't protect or uplift young people. Instead, homogenizing self-expression of Pride will do more harm to our children than good. When my own children caught glimpses of kink culture, they got to see that the queer community encompasses so many more non-traditional ways of being, living, and loving. Yet... If you wear camouflage, and you back the police, if you believe in God, you believe a baby is a baby, if you own a gun, those cultures are evil. And I would tell you, my friends, there's more of us than them. But this is 
the New York Times. As much as I want them to spend time in queer spaces so they can be families like their own, I always want them to know that they shouldn't limit their understanding of what relationship expressions look like. That's fine in your own home. I want them to say they can make their own way in the world, blah, blah, blah. Anti-kink advocates tend to manipulate language about safety and privacy by asserting that attendees are non-consensual exposed to overt display of sexuality. Two points. One, I put a flag on my house. I'm a racist Nazi. You started consent. We didn't. Consent now means I can't even kiss somebody. Me and my wife have a joke. Can I kiss you? Yes. And most outrageous claim that innocent bystanders are forced to participate in kink simply by sharing space with the kink community, as if the presence of kink pride is a perverse exhibition that kinksters pursue on their own gratification. But kinksters at pride are engaged in sex acts, and we cannot confuse their self-expression with obscenity. Co-opting the language of sexual autonomy only serves to blurry the truth and muddies the seriousness of other conversations about consent. If this all sounds familiar, it's because anti-kink rhetoric echoes the same socialized disgust people have projected onto the queer people. It's sentiment that tolerate queerness only to stay within the parameters off of the kind of acceptance that comes with a catch. The middle-aged white men I grew up would say they were fine with gay people as long as they wouldn't be subject to PDA, as long as a sign of queer love could not be outwardly erased. Queer people freedom to themselves is according to the logic contingent. The arguable difference here is that most of the latest objectors are coming from self-identified queer people. Respectively, politics demand that queer people assimilate to much as possible and system heteronormativity hewing to mainstream culture standards. Remember the queer community have internalized those norms to the point that we judge ourselves by them and then criticize and ostracize others. This is the same oppressive message that prevented my wife from being a tranny for 30 years. Children who witness kink culture are reassured the alternative experience of sexuality and expression are valid no matter who they become as the mature helping them recognize that their personal experience aren't bad or wrong. Kink visibly is a reminder that any person can, should shamelessly explore that brings joy and excitement in public. I... If we're afraid to talk about kink with our children, we prioritize the status quo, sanitizing and censoring their access to information about appropriate and normal self-expression. Wearing a thong butt naked is not a normal self-expression. The queer community realizes that people like you and your zeal to be normal and for political purpose have made Kids sexual objects. You're forcing this on five-year-olds. There are very attitudes that made pride necessary and life-affirming for many of us in the first place, and we have no business imposing them on the next generation. Kink embodies the freedom that pride stands for, reminding attendees to unapologetically take up space in an act of resistance, celebrating, refusing to bend social pressures that ask for presentable. That's a value I want my children to learn. Affirming the kink community helps our children to love themselves and others with courage and resilience. If my wife and I have seen such a fierce and determined role models as young people, we might have learned to be ourselves much sooner. We didn't have the chance, but my children have the community and pride, and I want to keep it that way. What I just read is what is wrong with America in a nutshell. Your beliefs, your norms have to be embodied by everybody else. 
but a guy rolling around with a flag, the most normal thing in my world since I was a child in liberal Oregon to now is evil. Loving the country is evil. What we've come to is a point where one side of the political persuasion believes that their views are the only views at all, and they force it on everybody else through a wanting media and a Democrat party that hates this country more than any because we see it in the polls. They don't love America. They don't like America. They want to burn it down and start anew. It's not just a defund. It's in everything they talk about. Burn it down. Destroy all the institutions. It's the very reason there is intersectionality. It's the very reasons that there is critical race theory. BLM's whole platform, burn it down. So my sister last night sent me something, and me and my wife listened to it, and we were like, holy shit, this is Aaron Lewis. And no, he's not the only one. Am I the only one here tonight Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Who thinks of taking all the good we got And turning it back Hell, I'll be damned I think I'm turning into my old man Am I the only one Willing to bleed Take a bullet for being free Screaming what the fuck at my TV For telling me Yeah, are you telling me That I'm the only one Willing to fight For my Burning on the ground Another statue coming down In a town near Watching the threads Of old glory Come under Am I the only one Not brainwashed Making my way Through the land of the lost Who still gives a shit And worries about his kids As they try to undo all the things he did Am I the only one who can't take no more screaming If you don't like it, there's a fucking door This ain't the freedom we've been fighting for It was something more, yeah, it was something more Not the only one 
started singing along Every time they play a Springsteen song Am I the only one sitting here Still holding on, holding back my tears For the ones who paid with the lives they gave God bless the USA I'm not the only one willing to fight For my love of the red and white and the blue I'm not the only one I can't be the only one This flag I carried for an entire career in my helmet And for the first time, this is now evil because a political party decided they wanted to win an election. And the best way to do it was to grovel to a base and conservatives who find America to be horrible because one person got elected. Really. This can't be the America we fought for. This can't be it. Yet it is. And it's going to take people like us to sound off, vote accordingly, and demand through this not to put up with the bullshit, change the channel, not accept the anti-American, anti-normal in our TV and movies. Turn these off. And don't let social media brainwash us. We are not the only ones. 82% of this country love it. It's 18 that are destroying it. That's an impossibility. If a flag is evil and people in leather thongs smacking each other is good, well, that's our fault. We click it, we consume it, we allow it, and we don't push back. And eventually, we're going to have to. So on this July 4th, 2021, I wish you all a great Independence Day. Enjoy it with your family. And don't let them tell you 
that this is evil. They don't have that power. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Share with your family and friends. Go to FOP Podcast to make comments. Get this video, all videos, and sound cloud podcast. Our next show will be 999 July, year of our Lord, 2021. Till then, disconnect from your devices. Enjoy your fourth. Spend it with your family. And tune back in on the night for the next show. Thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you.